Hello and welcome to the Providence Journal Pick and Pop podcast. This is Kevin McNamara. I'm here with Bill Koch in a a little pre-Thanksgiving breakdown of the local college basketball scene. Uh, Bill, you've been to too many gyms lately, but uh, welcome to the podcast yet again. No such thing as too many this time of year, Kevin. uh, I'm loving it, I, I will say. A lot of good games. Uh, we're going to start with uh, the Rhodey Rams, and we will hit uh, all four uh, Division One teams in Rhode Island. Um, start with the Rams, who are back in action on Friday at the Ryan Center against Belmont, 7 o'clock. Uh, come one, come all, holiday version. Obviously, the kids, students won't be on campus for the holiday break, so good chance to catch the Rams, who uh, remain in the uh, top 25 poll this week after a... Uh, I would say a very encouraging weekend at uh, Mohegan Sun in the Hall of Fame tip-off, a comeback win over Cincinnati, 76-71, and then uh, just outclassed a little against Duke, 75-65, in a game that really wasn't a 10-point game, but I think that had more to do with Duke than Rhode Island uh, not playing well. But uh, just your overall weekend takeaway from uh, from Mohegan. First of all, I don't know if you've ever been to the arena what a great setup. I went the last time Rhode Island was there when they played Seton Hall in Ohio State. Uh, and you're right. It, it's like a slightly bigger version of the Ryan Center, really. You have steep banks on either side. It's one lower bowl and then one upper bowl. No obstructed views. Uh, it was sold out both days. And it was a great environment. Uh, you know, the, the Duke fans, as we saw, they're a national fan base. They turn out no matter where you go. We saw that uh, last spring when they were here at the dunk for the NCAA tournament. Um, but they met some resistance from the Rhodey fans who, you know, credit to them, they got down to Mohegan Sun, uh, and they saw, I think, exactly what Rhode Island wanted out of this, which was a good win against a top 30-ish, top 40-ish type team in Cincinnati. They'll be there all year in the RPI, uh, a game where they had to overcome some adversity. They're down 12 early. They showed a lot in the second half without Jarvis Garrett, who left early with a neck injury. Um, you know, E.C. Matthews made some big shots in the second half. Jared Terrell was the igniter. Uh, you know, really, really big win for their confidence going forward against a team that is similar to them. Uh, and then you take the RPI boost playing Duke. Uh, that's going to be a top-five team on a neutral court. Uh, you know, and Duke made a little run at the end of the first half, made a little run at the start of the second half, and the game is over. That's how thin the margins are against the elite in college basketball uh, Luke Kennard was the best player on the floor this weekend, I thought, out of any of the four teams. Uh, he had 24 points in that game. Emil Jefferson had two double-doubles. Uh, he had 17 and 15 against Rhode Island. He was you know, really big-time player in the paint. Uh, but if you're a URI fan, you have to be encouraged out of the results of these two games. Uh, you remain in the top 25. That's going to give you some momentum going into the rest of your non-conference schedule, certainly through this week against Belmont, who has one of the best mid-major players in the country, and Evan Brad's. Uh, you know, and it, it's definitely a, a situation where I think the Rams have stayed right on track for where they want to be. Let's go back to the Cincinnati game, which uh, we had talked about quite a bit on the podcast here, uh, as to how important it was because you lose to Cincinnati and you play Penn State, you, you walk away from uh, Mohegan Sun with really an empty feeling. And at halftime, I, I thought they were in trouble. You know, without Jarvis, uh, down eight points. You wonder what exactly they have, and they come out and shoot 52% in the second half, make an awful lot of big free throws, and six three-point shots in that second half. Uh, were you surprised? You know that that without Jarvis, that they would be able to play as well as they did. 
Actually, in this game, I think the matchups being what they are, uh, Stanford Robinson was a better fit. Um, Kevin Johnson, who who was Cincinnati's starting point guard, is kind of a non-player. He's he's sort of a, a space filler out there, but he is six foot three, and you could see early that URI was struggling with that size and that length in terms of trying to run their offense against Cincinnati's defense, which is very good. It's a matchup zone. It's something you don't see all the time. Yeah, and Jarvis kind of forced it a little bit, maybe the first 12, 13 minutes that he played. Uh, but Stanford Robinson gave them great minutes off the bench. They missed their first nine threes, and they went eight for 11 uh, in their next 11 to finish eight for 20. So they found some touch from the perimeter. I thought, you know, as I said, Jared Terrell was the big factor in this game for me. He made a couple late threes in the first half that brought it from a 12-point game to six. And I thought that Rhode Island sort of started to get a foothold there, and then had a really strong start to the second half. They had a 12-0 run to take a lead. And from that point on, you could see that they had a sniff. They were in the game, and, and they weren't going to go away. No, I, I can imagine what was said in the, at the halftime uh, was, hey, guys, you know, we don't have Jarvis, but it's time to dig in. And you know, any kind of resistance that Cincinnati showed in the first half just wasn't there in the second. And you know, I, I'm writing for tomorrow. Um, uh, you know, the number one trait that jumped out of the TV screen in the two games was Rhode Island's toughness, and that's going to be their number one trait going forward. You would like to think that offensively they can play better. Um, they certainly didn't shoot the ball in either game, uh, shoot the ball well in either game from the outside. Uh, E.C. Matthews showed a lot of rust against two high-level teams, uh, which, again, is, is understandable. You know, the guy missed all last season. Uh, he's still rounding into shape. Uh, and, and, and still, still gave him you know eighteen and nine in the two games. So it's not as if uh, he didn't help. He helped, but he can be better uh, all all the way around. I, I think I thought they missed a lot of shots that they're going to make. And Matthews was tired in the second game against Duke. Uh, Dan Hurley said as much afterwards. It's the fifth game in nine days. His first time trying to go back to back off of that ACL surgery. I think that might have been a factor. They can use the rest this week before Belmont comes in. Um, Hassan Martin was excellent in this tournament. He was very good in both games. Uh, I think that's critical going forward for them. Uh, he was on the Atlantic 10 on a roll this week. Uh, you could see physically that he can match up with just about anybody in the country. Uh, he blocked five shots against Duke. Three of those were against Emil Jefferson. Uh, who seven. Was, seven shots. It was, was seven. It, they give him seven against Duke? Yeah. They did give him seven against Duke. Yeah. Which is pretty impressive because obviously Duke's big guys are – are legit big guys. Uh, just before we leave Rhode Island, uh, uh, your impressions of Duke? A pretty unique situation that a team, you know, with the pedigree and uh, history of Duke, would show up with five and a half players yeah. in a game and still be able to win somewhat comfortably against a nationally ranked team. Yeah. It just shows what kind of talent. They have stockpiled. Yeah, they're very shorthanded. You, you've got you know, three freshmen sitting out. It could all be lottery picks. Jason Tatum, Harry Giles, and Marcus Bolden. Uh, Grayson Allen is playing hurt. Uh, Chase Jeter was playing hurt. He turned his ankle against Penn State the first day. He only played eight minutes the second day. Um, you know, the starters pretty much went the whole way for them. But you, know, you can see you have elite guys like, like Emile Jefferson and Luke Kennard and you know, Matt Jones is a senior who Jackson. played a lot of minutes. Frank Jackson's a freshman who was really good against Penn State. Uh, you know they play hard. They play together. It's it's a as Dan Hurley said, they are the program in college basketball. It's a standard set long ago by Coach K, uh, one that that continues to this day. I, I you know like I said, I, I think 
the improvement in some of their players. We didn't see Jefferson last year. He had a broken foot and missed the NCAA tournament. You wonder how well Duke would have done if he could have played. Uh, but a jump that a guy like Kennard takes from year one to year two. You know, last year was kind of in and out of the games against UNC Wilmington and Yale. Um, you know, didn't really impose himself on either one of those. He made a couple shots, but not really a consistent factor. Uh, this weekend, he was involved from minute one to minute 40, um, you know, and, and made some big shots in the second half against Rhode Island. You know, anytime they maybe had a couple baskets in a row or threatened to get it to 12, you know, Kennard would come up with a three or he'd get to the line or he'd try to get to the rim. Uh, you know, just that sort of all-around improvement as a player, I think, is something that you should take note of from Duke, the fact that, yes, their guys have great talent, but they're also able to develop that talent. Well, and it's all about opportunity. You know, uh, I think Luke Kennard led the state of Ohio all-time in scoring. Well, think about that. You know, that, that's, that's John Havlicek. That's uh, LeBron James. I mean, the state of Ohio has produced Hall of Fame players for decades and decades, and this kid scored more points than anyone in high school. Uh, he just needed opportunity, and it'll be interesting to see how... Coach K uh, integrates the new guys and still makes sure that a kid like Luke Kennard is getting 8 to 10 shots a game, which he might not get 8 to 10 shots. As we've said about Rhode Island with Dan Hurley having a little more depth in his rotation, it's the nice problem to have. It, it's the one that every coach wants to have. Too many players and yep. for not enough minutes. No question. And the one thing that did jump out at me about Duke is I like Jackson. I think he's more of a combo than a point. They don't have a pure point guard. Agreed. Uh, and uh, that could catch up to him. Probably not until deep March uh, for uh, you Duke fans. And by the way, Bill, uh, if any phone calls come in from Lexington, Kentucky, who read this podcast, uh, listened to this podcast, and you, uh, you know what, said that Duke is the uh, program to measure by, uh, your email is bkoch at providencejournal.com? That's correct. Okay. Just, just want to make that clear. Uh, Wildcat fans can stay far, far away from me because uh, I don't have time for you. Uh, we're going to switch now to the Friars, who last night took care of business against uh, St. Francis of Brooklyn, 64-48. to uh, Bill, I know that you didn't have your uh, gym shoes uh, with you, but you probably could have had a few minutes with the Friars, and it wouldn't have affected the final score too much. St. Francis is picked in the lower part of the NEC, and my guess is that's where they'll be. I know our colleague, the shooter, Billy Reynolds, certainly could have got some minutes in this game and, and would have made more shots than St. Francis did. Uh, you know, that's for sure. They were 4 for 24 from 3 for the game. They were 4 for 24 from the field in the first half. Uh, you know, it's just not a very good basketball team. Picked in the bottom half of a low major league. Uh, with all due respect to Bryant, who was picked in the top half of that league, you should see the Bulldogs beat the Terriers twice this year. If they don't, Tim O'Shea will not be happy, I would imagine. I think Tim O'Shea will be happy with two, and I, I believe St. Francis is back here and even next week against Brown. They are against yeah. Brown, and, and then uh, later on this year they, they come to Smithfield. Yes. Um, on the negative, we just, you know, crapped all over St. Francis of Brooklyn. They outscored the Friars in the second half, 32-26. to 26. So uh, now Ed Cooley played pretty much everybody. Uh, in that second half, but uh, I understand he was not a happy camper afterwards for that reason. Well, he he, he took a little extended time before coming into the press conference. Uh, you know, we were wondering where he might have been. We were imagining that you know he might have been giving his team a, a, a little bit of a stern talking to about exactly that, playing a complete 40 minutes. Uh, this is an unproven group that he has, and I would imagine that he would like them to establish good habits here. Uh, you know, because it is sort of a young, moldable 
type of team, type of rotation that he has. You, you don't have a lot of guys here who are set in their ways just yet, uh, aside from Rodney Bullock and Kyron Cartwright. Um, you know, and even Jalen Lindsay, to an extent, is playing a different role this year. So you, he's probably asking for you know just sort of a consistent performance. The first half, I thought Providence was good. Um, they had 11 assists on 13 field goals. Uh, they crushed St. Francis on the glass. Um, they defended very well. You know, as I said, four for 24. They're shooting, you know, below 20 percent. I, I thought that was. You know, the good Providence, the, right. the Providence who could be a problem for, for some teams. Uh, in the second half, I think they probably showed their inexperience a little bit. They, they sort of put it on cruise control. They knew that with a 22-point lead, they weren't really in any danger. Uh, and I think Ed is, is trying to get across that, hey, guys, you, know, you need to play full 40 minutes because when we play Memphis on Friday and when we play Iowa or Virginia on Saturday uh, and you have those bad habits or you're prone to those lapses, you're going to get hurt badly. Yeah, it'll be a, it'll be a 10-12-0 run uh, that changes the game, which is what happened last week uh, at Ohio State when they fell behind by double figures in the first half. Uh, kind of the same lapses uh, against Grambling on Saturday. I know you were obviously busy with the Rams, but I watched that game. And, uh, you know, Providence in total control in the first half, really playing pretty well, and then just got flat. And maybe it's... You know, Cooley's substituting too much, trying to get some guys some time. Uh, he's really looking to get guys like Isaiah uh, Jackson and the three freshmen minutes to get them up to speed uh, on what needs to be done in college basketball. And you know, the good news, uh, clear good news that came out of uh, the St. Francis game on Monday was uh, Khalif Young uh, really established himself as someone who needs to play you know, 20-plus minutes, uh, which, you know, he fell into some foul trouble and couldn't do that at Ohio State. But uh, Emmett Holt was slowed by a hamstring uh, injury, which uh, should not be serious. But uh, he ended up playing 28. Khalif Young played 28 minutes, had 16 points and six rebounds, and just showed that he has some talent. No, he was very good in this game. Uh, you know, you could see he responded well to, to starting. They, I thought Ed's strategy was, was very good early. He, he, he ran a couple plays for Khalif Young on the block. He really tried to get him established very early in this game, and, and the big guy responded to it well. Uh, you know, he was aggressive in the post. He, he made good moves to the rim. Uh, he ran the floor a couple times on the fast break. You know, one time he got fouled trying to go up for a layup. Another time he threw down a dunk with about eight minutes left in the first half. Um, you know, you, you got to remember you're dealing with a very young player here in his fourth game uh, of college basketball. But you know, he certainly showed signs. This is probably you know what the coaching staff saw when they were recruiting him. Uh, you know, big guy who could move, uh, who's athletic, who's strong around the rim. Um, you know, can use his body in the paint against you know guys who are a little smaller. You know, guys who aren't quite as tough. Uh, you know, and that's a huge that's that's a huge boost for Providence. You know, especially the way that Emmett Holt has played through the first three games. You got him a little rest with a you know what Cooley called a little hamstring tweak. Uh, you know, you're going to need him for for the iron coming up here. But if you're able to put two guys out there like that in the post, you can let Rodney Bullock play the three. And if that happens, he's a serious mismatch out there. Last night he had 19, and uh, they ended up giving him 21 points and 12 rebounds. Uh, you know, Rodney Bullock was, was a serious factor in this game. Uh, you know, he was a serious factor at Ohio State. I know he played very well in that game. And, and you know, Ed made specific mention in his postgame last night. He's been very pleased with the way Rodney has played here in the early going. No, he, he's been the top dog that they need uh, and need Ed uh, as the leading returning scorer coming back. It's, it's getting everyone else ready. You know, uh, Ryan Fazekas 
tweaked his ankle in practice uh, and only played uh, 18 minutes last night. Uh, so obviously getting Providence is at a, at a place right now where their key guys can't have any injuries. They need everyone at 100%. So getting Holt and Fizikas at 200% for uh, Memphis down uh, in Destin, Florida on Friday night is very important. I, I think uh, if Providence can come back with a win, uh, it would be, I wouldn't say a surprise, but it would, it would be make for a good trip. Now, those are, those are going to be very tough games regardless of who they play. Memphis, in their first year under Tubby Smith, we know his, his resume. Uh, you know, he's, he's one of the very good coaches in college basketball. Uh, he's a national championship coach at Kentucky and, and has gotten to the NCAA with, with various programs. Uh, you know, and then you, you're looking at Iowa or Virginia. Uh, you know, Iowa's a team that sort of established itself in the Big Ten under Fran McCaffrey, and Virginia is one of the best programs in the country right now under Tony Bennett. Uh, you know, those are three very good teams, and, and there'll be three very good measuring stick games for Providence. I'm going to switch here to the Brown Bears. I know you saw them once this weekend uh, on Saturday. Yes. In a game, a winnable game against Marist, where they just uh, couldn't defend well enough. They, they ended up getting outscored in that game, and also Sunday, help me out, who they uh, played Sunday night. Played Albany, lost 80-76, to 76, uh, also at Mohegan Sun. Again, a bit of a shootout there. Uh, you've seen Brown a few more times than I have. Uh, that seems to be their issue. They're scoring okay, but uh, defensively to keep teams in check has been an issue. they played five games. They've given up 79 points or more in all five games, uh, and that's just not going to cut it going forward. Uh, Mike Martin knows that. Uh, you know, the other thing that they did against Maris was they turned the ball over a little bit too much for his liking. Uh, the other day against Albany, they played a very good first half, nine assists and two turnovers. They were up by nine. Albany made a big run. They built a double-digit lead, and, and Brown got it all the way down to three inside the final minute, just couldn't finish it off. Uh, you know, It's a team in transition, but still with some veteran guys who are going to play a lot of minutes there. They're sort of at an odd you know, place right now as a team. They're, they're in some sort of limbo between, you know, playing the older guys a lot of minutes and trying to get the younger guys ready for what they feel like will be a pretty good team two or three years from now. And, and I think you're sort of seeing the sausage being made here right, right in front of our eyes. And, and you know, it's, it, it hasn't been an easy challenge through the first four or five games. No, and Brown is in action uh, Wednesday afternoon at 4 against Morgan State. Uh, it's, uh, you know, obviously a game they need to win. They, they need to just get a confidence win at this stage because you know the non-conference can be brutal for uh, for an Ivy League team that schedules a, a lot of tough games. You know, we I think the frustrating thing for Mike Martin is we've seen Brown play some good basketball. They gave Rhode Island everything they could handle in a 79-72 game at the Ryan Center. Uh, Stephen Spieth was the Ivy League Player of the Week this week. Uh, scored 20 points in all three games and and shooting at a very high clip, well over 50 percent. Um, you know, but you look at the the game against Marist, he had six turnovers in that game. Uh, and, and you look at that and think, is that a player who's maybe trying to do a little too much, maybe trying to press because he knows his teammates need to get up to a certain level and he's trying to bring them there? Um, and, I, and I think that's, that's something to watch going forward, that you know, those other pieces need to be able to support him and Tavon Blackman. And, you know, early in the year, they have several players who just aren't ready yet. You know, like that's you said, right. working up to speed, either they're freshmen who are just getting going and are showing you know, typical freshman inconsistency or some uh, holdovers who just haven't had that spotlight on them where they have to play you know, 15, 20 minutes and, and be good. Uh, we're going to wrap up here with Bryant. Uh, Bryant is uh, out on the West Coast, played Gonzaga on the weekend and uh, got dismissed quite easily. 
Then they lost a close one last night to Eastern Washington. Um, they'd love to be able to come back from the West Coast with a win. They play uh, one more game tonight, I believe, against the University of Seattle, um, but uh, very very late on the West Coast. Uh, one funny story from Bryant's uh, trip. It was in the uh, Spokane newspaper. Uh, Bryant has been out at Gonzaga twice now in three years. They played them a couple years ago as well. And uh, the newspaper reporter caught up with Tim O'Shea, Bryant's coach, and said, you know, why is a team from Rhode Island out in Spokane twice in three years? And Tim explained that, you know, obviously uh, to brand the school and, and help people realize what Bryant is and uh, to c- collect a really good check, which helps pay for the trips, uh, well, the two main reasons. And uh, he relayed a story that he said, uh, you know, how about a chance to win? And he said, well, you know, I got an uh, encouraging pep talk from my wife, Beth, uh, before I came out here. Okay. She said, uh, Tim, Donald Trump is president, so pigs can fly. So oh. maybe you can win. <laughs> you know, when we promised on a previous podcast that we would never talk politics again, you just violated that, Kim. Well, I'm just relaying a story that was already printed in, in, in another uh, media outlet. So. That's, that's fair enough. On Please. that note, everyone enjoy Thanksgiving, needless to say. Uh, enjoy the time with your family and families, and uh, we'll see you at a gym uh, soon. We, we also want to say that you know Wednesday night's one of the biggest nights of the year to go out to, to reunite with some friends. You know, maybe to, to visit a local establishment and, and have a couple beverages. We just want you all to be safe out there. Uh, you know, those two or three drinks are not worth it if you're going to get behind the wheel. Uh, you know, designate a sober driver and, and be careful. Have, have you heard Take of Uber? Uber? Uber's the best. You do whatever you need to do. Uh, you know, we want to see you at these games. We want you listening to these podcasts. You know, we want you to enjoy your life. And, and uh, you know, that's not worth two or three drinks to get behind the wheel and get yourself in trouble. Great. On that note, take care, everyone. We'll uh, be back uh, next week.